swords and handle art to spark souls and charge souls to cross roads and bandits are catacombs and giant doors protect the chest and store some legendary items with the dragon bones and iron it's a grand theft of old scrolls simon's quest the drone earl rock shoes to air clue keeps the exit gaming news the police get some bad dudes to crash crew like bandicoot all shit a game in english Control issues. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is Dub. You can find us at control-issues.com. You can also go to your podcast provider, wherever that may be. Look for Control Issues. Download it. Subscribe to it. Rate it. Review it. Do all that stuff. Uh, you can also go to twitch.tv slash control issues pod. We put up gameplay videos from time to time. And you can go to Twitter. My control issues is the name. And that's what it is. AMC, what you got? Hey, Dub, I, I'm doing great. I'm chilling here. It is starting to get a little toasty in LA. <laughs> so I'm trying to see yeah. cool. <laughs> it's like mid 90s toasty. I think they opened up a beach and everybody's there. <laughs> <laughs> you got to let that disease get all in the bone. Yeah, we'll build up that herd immunity on the beach and then they can figure that out. And then mm. once things are worked out, I'll be ready to head back outside. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> even when they lift the orders, I'm, I'm definitely telling my bosses I'm working from home for another two weeks. Yeah. To see where everybody's at yeah. with that. Yeah, you'll get my emails if you want to Zoom. We can stay in contact that way, but that's how it's going to be for a little bit. Exactly. Yeah, Theo. Theo took a step the other day. What? Like a, yeah, he took a, he took his first couple steps, and I was just sitting there, and I was like, if I was at work, I would not have seen that at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, gotta... I would have came home and he would have been running around doing backflips. Exactly. You'd have been watching a video in the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to go take a shit, which means I'm going to go sit in the bathroom and not do anything. <laughs> oh, it's it's so bad. <laughs> but it's so necessary. Yeah. Oh, man. Speaking of A-Dub, since you are at home, what have you been doing with your free time? Which, what have you been playing? Well, I decided to take a little break from divinity you know i was just mainlining that game for several weeks several hours a night and i needed to change the pace up do a little something different so as you guys know every now and then i dabble in a little into the breach Uh, we were talking about it in the pre-show basically i finally got a full grasp of the mech team i'm using as well as the mechanics and I'm finally getting to the point of having those perfect encounters where nothing gets damaged. I achieve all the objectives. I get all the bonuses. It's just masterful execution all around. But enough about that. What I've really been doing was when I switched up switched up the flavor, I decided to finally pull the trigger on Civilization Six as well as the expansion bundle. So it's just fully decked out all the features. I uh, played a little bit over these past few days. And by a little bit, I mean quite a bit. I think I lost an entire day playing it the first time, just trying to get the hang of it, trying to get Cleopatra off my ass. But yeah, man, it's, it's, it's way more than I expected it to be. You know, I got in. And I thought, yeah, I'll just play it a little bit. It'll come back to me and it'll show me all the new stuff. And it wasn't coming together as quickly as I needed it to. So I bounced out of that after spending several hours playing just a play now session. Decided to play the tutorial. And that being able to play the game against an an AI that isn't so aggressive, but is still simulating the necessary actions in order for you to learn the game's mechanics. That was much more helpful. So I was 
after two days, I managed to beat that. <laughs> Civ is 100% a massive time investment. So I wouldn't recommend it for people who just want to pick up and play something for like 30 minutes. Like you're going to need about an hour or two just to play a reasonable number of turns in Civ to get your satisfaction out of it. So did that. When I played initially, it was just a whole jumble of stuff going on. I didn't know how to, how to, I didn't know what I was looking at. I didn't know what I needed to research. Like, do I need to specialize? Where should I place stuff? It was, it was all a mystery, but I've gotten it now. And now I can kind of appreciate the nuances of the game itself in addition to like the visuals. But it's a much bigger and robust game than Civilization Revolutions was. That was the only one I'd ever played up to this point that was on PlayStation 3 digitally. So now it's I'm really getting the breadth of the Civilization experience for the first time. We all know there's the city building aspect. You know, you gotta take care of your citizens. You gotta make sure there's enough housing for your population, make sure they have amenities, make sure you're bringing in enough food to not only feed them, but to encourage the growth of your civilization. And then there's the matter of managing resources, spreading out your territory, capturing, you know, luxury resources that help you have more leverage when negotiating with foreign powers. Then there's the matter of the barbarians running around <laughs> and you got to take care of them. So, you know, you got you to gotta manage the city itself as well as your border security you got to go out you got to explore you got to find new lands you got to sprout new cities you have to acquire city states you have to engage in diplomacy with the other foreign powers that are on the map doing the same exact thing uh you also need to make sure that you pick what kind of victory you're going to go for I mean, I'm not good enough or experienced enough with Civ to know if you're able to just switch rails easily. Like, say you're going for a science victory, and then science isn't working out for you, so you switch to a religious victory or a cultural victory. So I like to specialize, go after it. It's just nice to be back in that ecosystem, especially now with weather effects and things of that nature. So now with the game... If you build by a water source, like a river or by coastline, there's always a chance that it can flood and destroy whatever you built on those tiles or at least just knock them out of commission so you get no benefit from them until the flood waters recede. You know, there's things like I saw the blizzard, which causes the, an the tiles with animal herds on them to disappear and things of that as you so like. Civ, it's out of this world. Um, I'm looking forward to being able to just start a play now game now that I've done the tutorial. And, you know, just play it every now and then, mull over the decisions you know, as I drift off into slumber, thinking about, man, do I need to declare war on these dudes or do I need to send some envoys and get some favor? And, you know, what am I going to do before the next meeting of the World Congress? that kind of stuff and yeah the game has not only does it have a tech tree which is it spans all the eras there's all kinds of branching paths and it also has a government tree that gives you all different kinds of like so there's a government tree you pick the kind of government you want to use it has a modifier for the government like this type of government may make producing units cost 15% less, or this kind of government may give you 20% more unit strength in battle, or this kind of government may make your, your trade routes yield more religious pressure, or that kind of stuff. So you pick a government, and then within each government, there's also a loadout of slots. So you have diplomacy slot, or not necessarily diplomacy slots, but just like there are these green red yellow purple and then wild card slots and the more advanced your government is the more slots you get and depending on what type of government you choose you get different numbers of the different colors and wild card slots now with those slots you can drop in policy 
which is things like, okay, trade routes get three extra gold when trading with foreign powers or like when, when negotiating, you get two extra envoys or you get more amenities and this and that when you're the suzerain of a city state is there's so much. And I could talk at length about Civ. It will be completely overwhelming if you think you're just going to get the game and jump right in. If you're not a Civ vet, which obviously I was not. However, the tutorial is a good place to get a, a very decent grasp on how the game works and what, kind of experience that you're going to be looking for. So I highly recommend it to anybody who's into city building as well. What is it? Is it a four X kind of game? I believe exploration and three X's on top of that. So yeah, Civ is awesome. Into the breach is awesome. I'm going to get back into divinity Two because that's one of the greatest games we've ever played, but AMC, what have you been playing? Yes, sir. Um, I have been playing, been putting in a little work on, some of the same games, no uh, Apex Legends this week, but did put in work on Octopath Traveler, that project Octopath Traveler, and a little bit more of um, Luigi's Mansion. Luigi's Mansion at this point, I'm at, I've reached the 14th floor, still pushing forward, still don't have Princess or Mario, but um, just having a good time. The puzzles are fun. Um, the ghosts are tough. My legs are strong. Luigi is still a bitch. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it's it's great. It's just uh, it's a good time, like a good fun time, like Marissa and I are having while playing Luigi's Mansion. I highly recommend it, especially for the co-op aspect of the game, because there's definitely um, it's a surprising amount of puzzles that like I just, I never really would have expected. I thought this was just going to be like, kind of like you go through this mansion and you're beating up ghosts and you fight all your way to the 15th floor and you save all the homies and you ride off into the sunset. I didn't realize that there's going to be a ton of like, there's going to be a ton of puzzles with items and using those items together. So there are definitely parts where you'll get stuck and you're sitting there and you're trying to figure out the puzzle. And what's cool is there's even other puzzles that we haven't done because they provide five hidden gems on every level. And Mm -hmm. as you're trying to find the gems, like you can unlock them in any type of way. And there's no indicator of where the gems are. Uh, so you kind of just interact with things and you hope that that might produce a gem. And I know that most levels we've done, we're missing probably one gem by the time like we finish it. So they do have an option to, you can go to the the in-game shop and with the coins that you've been collecting the entire time, you can buy a puzzle locator, like a puzzle uh, tracker, which I guess in some way will indicate that, oh, there's a puzzle in this area or or there's a gem in this area. And so with that, then you're able to um, then really like focus your, your search efforts for certain gems. Um, So we're kind of going to push through, try to beat the game and it will eventually go back and find those gems and enjoy all that. Um, other than that, Octopath Traveler, same old, same old with that. Uh, playing through chapter threes of all my characters. Uh, just beat the merchants part. Um, what's pretty cool about this part of the game is that at this point, I've found most of the secondary jobs. And so I'm really working on the different types of builds of my characters. And it comes twofold with the secondary jobs. With um, when you pick up when you give your character a secondary job, say a thief, you get access to their skills. You do have to buy them with job points that you get from each battle. Um, but then on top of that, as you buy, as you use the job points to buy the skills, you then unlock passive abilities. And so with that, um, I've been mixing and matching the passive abilities of certain characters because you can get up to I think four passive passive traits with each job and so usually there's only a couple characters where all four are are just bomb and then you don't need anything else but with all the other jobs it's it's fun to mix and match especially if you have a certain type of build for a character and so with that i've been assigning different jobs to certain characters and then playing with the uh second with the um passive abilities to really style those characters in a way that functions towards the coordinated effort of the team there you Uh, go yeah and also now i've gotten to a point where multiple characters have their ultimate abilities or their divine abilities um and so with that now 
boss battles are, which used to be really tough, they're getting a little more manageable, even in the higher levels, just because I have these ultimate attacks that are doing thousands of damage that I can build up to while then just basically trying to survive the onslaught of the bosses. Every boss has a couple of insane attacks that you have to be able to withstand. And thankfully, uh, two of my characters do have that, like where you get, if your character dies, they get one for every battle where they die and then they're automatically revived. And so I can handle at least one ultimate like attack from a boss and then be able to recover from it. Um, so yeah, there just you been, go. been pushing forward with that um, and should hopefully have it beat soon. If not, I'm still enjoying it. But I mean, I'm just like, as you discussed uh, with me in the text chain, just so many games. I, I've been looking at games like, oh man, you're telling me Kakarot has some DLC coming and other games along that line um, have DLC that I'm interested in. And I'll look at those games and be like, damn, should I pick that up? And then I'll remember like, oh yeah, I have Fire Emblem Three Houses just waiting to be played. I got Cuphead, Ori in the Blind Forest. Also got Catherine, which I already started. So there's just so much going on that I can hop into. So yeah, it's just a beautiful time to be a, to be a gamer and a game owner. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's absolutely ridiculous. I'm sitting there looking at threads where people talking about, yeah, it's, it's getting slow. This is the lull before the new consoles. And it's like, all right, we got Ghost of Tsushima in a couple months. We got Cyberpunk in September. We still got The Last of Us 2 coming. I'm still waiting for Rebel Galaxy Outlaw to hit to hit consoles. Still waiting for uh, Dungeon of the Endless to hit consoles. And I could go on. There's definitely more games, but I don't need to go on. Yeah, if <laughs> anything, we could just build off of that with the topic of the week. Topic of, of the, the week. week. Yeah, the idea that there are no games to play right now. Well, folks, we just got March NP day, day, day. Oh, wow. So let's let's just go right into all those games that people aren't playing. And let's see how let's see how March did for the gaming industry. This ought to be interesting. Yeah. So a lot a lot more people at home. Maybe maybe there are a little sales bump toward the end there. Yeah, exactly. People sitting around with a lot of free times on their hands. Um, so yeah, this is the top 20 best-selling games of the month in the United States, A-Dub. So let's run right through it. Suddenly getting that Xbox doesn't seem like a dumb idea to your wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're a grown man. You have no time. Yeah, I have all the time. Got a lot of time now. <laughs> if, if anything, I'm being socially responsible by sitting at home and playing video games. There you go. <laughs> Number one. The best-selling game of March 2020, Animal Crossing New Horizons Zero Dawn. <laughs> wow. Yeah. There we go. Isabel handling it. Big splash with the villager. <laughs> uh, number two, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Number three, MLB The Show 20. Number four, Resident Evil 3. Number five, NBA 2K20. Number six, oh, we have another new release on that list, A-Dub, Doom Eternal. There we go. Number seven, Persona 5 Royale, because the first Persona 5 wasn't enough. Well, now you're coming back for that Royale. With I, think that, I think that also got a 10. Yeah. From IGN. It should. The game was amazing. And I imagine now it's 1,000 hours to beat it. <laughs> Are you going to get it? <laughs> no way. <laughs> no way. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Uh, number eight, Grand Theft Auto Five. Nobody wanted that game. Overrated. Number Everybody, nine, it's terrible. <laughs> Rockstar doesn't know how to make good gameplay. <laughs> Hundred million copies. <laughs> number nine, Borderlands Three, still selling, showing back I've been, up. I've been thinking about getting back into that because I still have three classes I haven't played. I'm sure there was a bunch of free content. Or maybe I missed all the free events. I really don't care. I thought you mentioned that there was like a free, some free DLC or something recently. Maybe there was. Oh, they they re they revamped the mayhem system, okay. and they did something else, and I don't remember. So I'll bring that up while you're giving people all that pertinent information. All right, just don't kill the bandwidth. Number ten, <laughs> Mario Kart Eight Deluxe. There you go. Number eleven, Neo Two still selling. All right, number holding two. on. Yep, holding on. Number twelve, Red Dead Redemption Two. I I, I don't like it the way my horse rides. <laughs> Yet I'm still buying this game. Yeah. Thirteen, FIFA Twenty, jumping back into that soccer. Fourteen, 
Super Mar- Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Damn, still selling. Still selling. Uh, fifteen Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Rescue Team DX. <laughs> oh man, they yeah. must have a team that just comes up with names. Yeah, for this thing. It's a, you think it's the same people that named the uh, Kingdom Hearts Remix 5.0 dungeon sequence? <laughs> the HD birth birth by sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 16 man nfl 20 17 just dance 2020 18 star wars jedi fallen order still holding it down still killing it still that's good i'm glad that game is still selling it deserves it and still 19 mortal kombat 11 man people haven't gotten enough of that that's awesome you know i completely forgot i still have jedi fallen order i can always start that over play on a higher difficulty get that orange saber Oh, I had that. That was a that was that premium. <laughs> you got you got that that sun kiss. <laughs> I had that. I had that. The sentinel color. Oh, you, yeah. Uh, and then the last one to round it out, number twenty, Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two Remastered. Damn, two Call of Duties on this list. Two Call of Duties. Yeah. Call of Duty. They call it. Yeah, that duty. Man, when is somebody gonna make a game titled Call of Two D? And it's a 2D Call of Duty. It's, it's like a side scrolling. Yeah. <laughs> Contra. <laughs> Somebody just, just repackages Contra. Still on an NES cartridge. Mm. So, yeah, let's get into the, the facts and figures, the numbers. So, yeah, you said before this that people were saying that there's nothing to play, nothing interesting. So, why even go out and purchase video games? Well, for software, dollar sales from track video game software grew 34% in March compared to a year ago to $739 million. March track software spending reached its highest total for March month since 2011. Nine of the top 10 best-selling games of March 2020 generated higher dollar sales than similarly ranked titles a year ago. So spending is up, though. People, um, obviously, some of that having to do with what you're saying with COVID, people at home, they got more free time on their hands and they're trying to figure out how to, how to spend that free time. And so, yeah, you see a lot of people purchasing video games. There's definitely, there are, there are sales like all throughout the month and still currently ongoing just sales. Uh, a lot of games marked down. So I'm sure a lot of people hopping on games that they never played previously and picking up at a discount. There you um, go. Yeah. There have been some big sales on PSN. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, overall overall spending is up. Um, we have some big numbers from Animal Crossing New Horizons. Man, so yeah, let's get right into this one. So Animal Crossing New Horizon uh, achieved the third highest launch month physical dollar and unit sales of any Nintendo published game in tracked history. Among Nintendo published games, only Super Mario Brothers Ultimate uh, December 2018 and Super Mar- Super sorry Super Smash Brothers Ultimate and Super Smash Brothers Brawl March 2008 debuted with higher physical software sales in a launch month. So running that back, Animal Crossing has sold better in its launch month than Mario Odyssey and Zelda Breath of the Wild. <laughs> wow! So yeah, that is insane, and it's only behind Super Smash Brothers Ultimate and Brawl. So that's that's insane for a as far month. as as far as lifetime or just launch, just launch month. So this is oh, just okay. uh, the launch month. More people are out buying Animal Crossing than Mario Odyssey or Zelda Breath of the Wild or any other game that you can think of in the track history of MPD with Nintendo published games. Well, you gotta give Breath of the Wild a little slack on that because it came out when the Switch did, and it's they also had the constrained supply of switches. So if you wanted to get breath of the wild, you had to get a, you have to find a switch, get it and get the game. Yeah. But then Mario Odyssey, it <laughs> outsold that one too, which was another flagship title. Now that's crazy. Yeah. Um, Launch month dollar sales of Animal Crossing New Horizons have exceeded the lifetime sales of all other Animal Crossing franchise games, making Animal Crossing New Horizons the best-selling game in franchise history. So within a month, it's already outsold all the previous Animal Crossing games that have been sold on the other previous consoles. That's <laughs> nuts. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. I knew Jesus and Mero were talking about Animal Crossing, or at least they made a joke about it on one of the recent episodes. Yeah. 
Again, everybody know about the turnips. <laughs> well, it's like also it's a game that isn't about fighting, isn't about combos. Doesn't have, like <laughs> you're just building your town. You're going to other people's worlds. I think I saw like a post with like um, I forgot who it was. I, like Elijah, like somebody posted something, and then Elijah Wood randomly hit them up and was like, "I would love to come to your town and buy those turnips." Join their game and bought the turnips, and like the person like thanked them and like posted it and everything. <laughs> yes, dude, and as like non-violent and sweet as animal crossing is i think there was an underground market for turnips that <laughs> developed in the game yeah i i'd heard that uh too like market <laughs> there's even like a story i guess they're there's somehow that they're, they're in china they're like cracking down on animal crossing because people were using it to make like worlds where it's like like hong kong protest worlds <laughs> in in animal crossing and china picked mm. up on that so like they had to shut down i think like outside access so it's like you can only play with people within the country and even that's like somehow like controlled <laughs> uh, uh, so nobody's coming in china sideways trying to get trying to get cross-platform or what <laughs> cross-country play. <laughs> they cut out a whole chunk of the fan base. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's the power of Animal Crossing, A-Dub. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. MLB The Show uh, 20. We got some numbers there. So MLB The Show 20 is the fastest selling game in MLB The Show franchise history with launch month sales significantly exceeding those of the previous best uh, MLB The Show 19. Um, so yeah, we're seeing it will be the show. Those numbers continuing to grow, and just a reminder: it will be the show will no longer be a console exclusive come 2021. So those numbers are only going to go up even more. So yeah, we're seeing that franchise just continue to sell like gangbusters and kill it. I still applaud that move, considering it is a sports game. It's one thing if it's exclusive to a particular publisher but it's another thing if it's exclusive to a particular platform because that does raise the issue of limiting the the online community since people are going to buy different consoles so with it being on everything all baseball fans can get involved no matter what platform they support so that's cool yeah and then uh a note for call of duty modern warfare march sales of call of duty franchise titles reached a new all-time high for a march month exceeding the previous peak set in march 2010 um so with that we, on the list there were two call of duty games modern warfare and then modern warfare 2 remastered so call of duty had another big month in march people say who who still plays call of duty apparently everybody still does everybody <laughs> yeah <laughs> and they're probably teaching their parents how to play now exactly um let's see you want to throw the knife right at this wall and it passes through and hits the guy in the face see you want to lay right here and not do anything. <laughs> it's anything that comes through that door, shoot it in the face. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So the top 10 games of the year so far. Number one, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Here's a crazy one, A-Dub. Number two, Animal Crossing New Horizons. So in one month, Animal Crossing is already the second best-selling game of the year. Um, number three. In a year that's only been four months. Yeah, it is number three, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. There number four, NBA 2K20. Number five, Kakarot outsold NBA in 2020 so far. Yep. Well, Animal Crossing and Kakarot killing it right now. So that's like, it's, it's showing like Call of Duty and Animal Crossing is killing it. Yeah. Those, yeah. And then uh, number five, MLB The Show 20. Number six, Grand Theft Auto 5. Number seven, Resident Evil 3. Uh, number eight, Madden NFL 20. Number nine, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. And number 10, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. So yeah, Animal Crossing. Damn, Jedi is still selling. Animal Crossing having a huge debut month and a game that like, they were like all the, the discussion of like Doom Eternal and Animal Crossing. And it, right there, you see it right there like, Gamers are all about like action, apparently, but then you have these two games going head to head, and Animal Crossing is the one that takes off. <laughs> um, I'm wondering if the continued sales performance of Jedi Fallen Order is a result of people finally getting over their bullshit online just in the subsequent months since its release. It's going out buying the game, seeing that it's good, and then being quiet about it. Well, I mean, I think we saw like one month, like. 
Battlefront 2 was uh it was at least like in the top downloads of on the PlayStation store and I think it is one of those things like people will say like oh I would never purchase this but they end up eventually going out especially if it's marked down on sale which I believe Fallen Order was on sale so I wouldn't be surprised if people had to somehow they made the concession of buying the game but justified it in that they didn't pay full price and so, yeah, you see those continued sales. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I got it for like 30 bucks. Yeah. So, so fuck you, EA. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. So March 2020. Uh, no, March. Oh, yeah, here we go. So Xbox One, top. we'll do top five games in March. Um, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, number one. Number two, Resident Evil 3. Number three, Doom Eternal. Number four, Madden. Not, not Madden. NBA 2K20. And number five, Grand Theft Auto 5. It's a nice uh, little spread. Yep. PlayStation 4 games. Number one, MLB The Show. Two, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Three, Persona 5 Royale. Four, Resident Evil 3. And number five, NBA 2K20. And for Switch games, the top five, Animal Crossing New Horizons, two, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, three, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, four, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Rescue Team DX, and number five, people felt like moving, and so they picked up Just Dance 2020. Just Dance. Uh, And then um, let's get into consoles. So, uh, yeah, something that, like, as we discussed, like with like Animal Crossing versus Doom, Doom being multi-platform, but Animal Crossing still just completely selling gangbusters. Uh, when it comes to consoles, uh, I tell this actually just Switch building Steam. So, in general, hard console sales are up uh, for March. Hardware spending in March 2020 grew 63 percent when compared to a year ago to 461 million. Uh, Nintendo Switch hardware sales more than doubled when compared to a year ago, while PlayStation 4 and Xbox One each grew by more than 25%. First quarter hardware spending increased by 2% to $773 million. So the Switch doubled its sales compared to a year ago um, in the March uh, up to this, or in the March of month. In a March a month. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, PlayStation 4 and Xbox One also seeing continued sales. So we're seeing uh, people who maybe didn't have, maybe only had one console, maybe picking up their second console. And then um, a note that they put is like people buying dis- consoles discounted. And I, I believe I even saw that um, there's a shortage of Switches right now. I think it, it might be COVID related because people have been looking to buy consoles and the production has been down. But um, yeah, people are just out trying to get their Switches. Uh, there's a little, some more notes on the Nintendo Switch. So Nintendo Switch set a new, halt, a new all-time record for hardware unit sales in March month. That's best the previous high set by Nintendo Switch in its March 2017 launch month. So uh, yeah, they're killing, Nintendo Switch generated the highest first quarter unit sales for any hardware platform since the Nintendo DS in the first quarter of 2010. So yeah, we're seeing uh, just a continued growth for uh, Nintendo Switch. And with that, we're going to probably see more sales software-wise as people pick up consoles, maybe picking up their second Switch or picking up lights. Um, I know that there was a Animal Crossing uh, Switch that was out there, so... People are just picking them up and getting down. So it's great. It's nice to see that because there's a lot of discussion with um, when February came out, I believe Switch was still doing well, but console sales were down and then software was down um, by a lot. And people, a lot of speculation was that people were not spending money on this current generation because uh, the next generation was coming out, so they were just basically done. And as Dub had speculated, people were just like, ah, there's no more good games coming out, so I'm not buying games. But clearly you see once a couple good games come out, people are out there and they're they're going to show up and support. So the idea that people are saving their money, it's actually they just needed some good games to come out. And once those came around, exactly, they were all over it. All over it. And I believe like the early numbers of Final Fantasy, uh, Final Fantasy VII remake have been really well. Uh, so I imagine there'll be continued growth uh, once we see the uh, April numbers. Did it hit on the top ten? Uh, Final Fantasy remake. Yeah, uh, it came out in April, so we won't know until. Oh, next that's month. right. I'm still holding on to the original. 
release date, like a disgruntled gamer. Yeah. So, um, yeah. It, so, it would have been out for a month now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, I, I imagine there will be continued growth in software sales, and we'll see um, how things continue to move. Uh, number one. Oh, yeah. So, the next topic of the week. Top topic of, of the, the week. week. So, this is just a Mario Maker 2 update. This is actually the final update. So this, I actually pulled this straight from Nintendo's website. So this is an update they actually released on on April 22nd. So launching April 22nd, a free update to the Super Mario Maker 2 game for Nintendo Switch will add a new World Maker mode. In this mode, multiple courses created by a user can be tied together on a path on a world map from a starting point to the end castle. The look, at the, world, the look of the world map can also be customized. Up to eight worlds containing a total of 40 courses can be combined, creating a mini Super Mario game that can be shared with others. Uh, with that, with the update, they also added all seven of the Kooplings. So you got Larry, you got Morton, you got Roy, yes. you got Wendy. You got Ludwig. You got Ludwig, yeah. <laughs> you, got, you got Lemmy. You got Larry. <laughs> I wonder if Lemmy is paying homage to um, Motley Crue. I believe it was like paying homage to some like uh some some like they're all like paying homage to somebody famous of the past but i don't remember who exactly uh additional power-ups and course parts will also be added to super mario maker 2 after downloading the update including super mario brothers 2 mushroom which transforms mario and friends into their look from super mario brothers 2 and allows them to pick up and throw items and enemies <laughs> so that's pretty dope uh they also added the frog suit. Other power-ups being added to the game are the power balloon, first introduced in Super Mario World, the Super Acorn from Super Mario Brothers U, and the boomerang, the boomerang flower, as well as wearables like the cannon box and the propeller box. The cannon box. <laughs> that, that cannon box. I have no idea. <laughs> It's literally like, um, I think all you see are Mario's legs and he's wearing like a big box with like the cannon symbol on his head and he can shoot like cannons out of his face. <laughs> so yeah, it's just, a, it's another thing that you can add to your, your crazy makeups in the Super Mario Maker world. But that's pretty cool though. Now you can literally make your own, uh, from what I saw, all the screenshots and from the, the trailer, it's, it's the look of the Super Mario world, the SNES Super Mario world, um, the Over best it. Super Mario world. Exactly. So uh, that's going to be the world maker, which is great because now it's literally there. The focus was like putting out different courses, but now you can kind of have a theme to the courses as like you run through an entire world if you want to do all that. Because there are definitely those people who have made multiple courses. So now they can string them together. And then that's pretty cool that at the end, you can then throw in a castle. They added in some bosses. I even saw one like one game session where they just threw all the couplings at you at once so you got like all seven of them just circling you and you're trying to bounce them all. <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh so yeah there's it's just all types of insanity but like all at like all at your disposal which is great um like these games when they first introduced it like it was kind of just cool that they gave you the opportunity to kind of play around with those mario games but it seems like now they're just like, here are all the assets and now do with it what you will. And there's still stuff that's left out that they can still add in later. So this is kind of just a taste of what they can do. I believe they even, one of the earlier updates added um, in some Zelda stuff. And that was when people, people started speculating like, oh, they're going to put out like some Zelda like dungeon creators or something along those lines. I think that and was just- And they ended up putting it in, what is it? Link, Link's Awakening? Not Awakening. Yeah, Link's Awakening. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, which is, um, yeah, it was pretty cool, like how you can create your own dungeons. Uh, and so, yeah, like it, it seems like they're getting a little more innovative with like their property and being a little more hands-off with what they'll allow the people to do with their property, which is pretty cool. There you go. Yeah, man, it's, so you've gone from just making your own Mario levels to now being able to make basically your own Mario game. Yeah, up to so, eight worlds, 40 courses throughout the eight worlds. <laughs> So then I'm wondering if that's going to lead to perhaps the community being more involved in the creative process behind expanding the Mushroom Kingdom. 
like maybe somebody's mushroom world will get picked up like all right and this is the ninth world that's going in the next mario game yeah exactly like the um the best the best uh like they have a competition or they're just even just scouting out talent because i know i've seen that in the past with other games where there'll be dudes who will work on mods and then they'll get hired by the company as a developer because their mods were so great that they put out for to like fall out or another game. <laughs> That's how we got portal too. Damn. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, yeah, I think, uh, what was it like? The MOBAs were sprung from mods and, uh, even, um, what is it? Uh, player unknowns battlegrounds that was basically sprung from a mod. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, Overwatch is basically a Team Fortress 2 mod. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's always, like, uh, like, like uh, the, the heads of companies just looking at these people and seeing what they're doing. And even, like, some of the things that they do with how um, with their maps, and then they might just work that into some of their design moving forward. Um, I know that, I, th- I believe it was uh, Celeste, there was a thing that people ex like there's an exploit that people found in the game. They yeah. were able to do like a dash jump or something along those lines. And then when they put out the chapter nine, like free, free DLC content with like a, over a hundred uh, stages, they work that into some of like the platforming. Yeah. They made it the, they made it the core mechanic of how you're going to make it through that part of the game. Yeah. So yeah, I love that when they, um, when they look at what the community is doing and they embrace it as opposed to just like, let's try to put out a patch and shut that shit down. <laughs> shut it down. That's not what we want you to do. <laughs> you don't get to do what you want to do. <laughs> You're doing too many mods, Lou. Shut it down. <laughs> oh, man. Um, hey, Dove, do you, do you have anything else? Well, I did look up that Borderlands 3 content, so... According to IGN, their writer Matt Kim reports that the first free update is called Mayhem Mode 2.0, and it expands Borderlands 3 in-game system with new challenges and rewards. Mayhem is a mode that's unlocked after beating the main campaign, and it lets you choose random difficulty modifiers in exchange for better loot. So we're getting all new stuff there. And then they're talking about the second free update, which is an LTE, a limited time event called Revenge of the Cartels. Maurice gets into trouble from Cartel Kingpin Joey Ultraviolet. And you'll need to infiltrate his mansion, Villa Ultraviolet, to help your indebted crewmate. They send the Sicarios at you. They send Benicio del Toro at you. I agree with that movie. Sitting sitting across from the table, tells his family, "You need to. You might need to go for a walk real quick." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, all that work just to get to that table. Yeah, amazing, amazing movie. Didn't watch Classic the sequel. Movie. Didn't watch the sequel. The sequel was interesting. I don't think it hit similar high notes as the original but at the same token i think i need to watch it a couple more times just to make sure i like kind of got it i don't think i was paying full attention and some stuff might have gone over my head what else you got what else do i have well i mean i've been playing this game of the decade tournament over on gamefaqs.com and my my bracket kind of fell apart (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in division four like i was just getting no good decisions there i mean it's a ton of games we're not going to bore you with the nuances and the minutiae but you know basically they're taking some of the best games from the past 10 years and they're putting them together in what is similar to a march madness bracket but it's video game face-offs we got the likes of breath of the wild hollow knight sekiro uh 2016 2018 doom it was 2018, right? Yeah, whatever. The new Doom before Eternal. Cuphead, XCOM 2, FTLs on there. So, you know, there's a lot of a lot of diversity. FTL lost to Persona 4 Golden. <laughs> so an important note with the tournament is that it's not about which game you think it's better. It's just about which games that you like more. So giant popularity contest, which there's nothing wrong with at all. You get increasing points as you pick winners further into the brackets. 
Uh, they got a grand prize of, I think, like a thousand bucks or something of that nature, maybe a hundred bucks. Yeah, there's some money involved. But yeah, so far, having a good time. I mean, I picked a lot of winners. I broke a hundred points. I think the leader is at 165. I have 118. So first place is not in my cards. The next matchup. We're waiting for the votes to get tallied on Dark Souls versus Yakuza 0, as well as Batman Arkham City versus The Last of Us. So, of course, I picked Dark Souls and The Last of Us in those matchups. And judging by the closed voting tallies, I was correct on both of those. So we're going to be looking at Dark Souls versus The Last of Us in the coming days. The next matchups are Elder Scrolls Skyrim versus Mario Kart 8, as well as Pokemon Heart Gold versus, I think, Nier? I need to look at the, at the real bracket. But yeah, you know, it's, it's an excellent experiment in trying to see how well you know a particular gaming community. I mean, this is only one website, so not everybody's over here voting. So you only really get insight into what this community's mindshare really is. And yeah, man, it's been educational. I've been right most of the time. I've gotten some stuff wrong. It hurts when it happens, but you know, that's just all in part of achieving greater understanding. Yeah, I think, well, that's like kind of like a sign of like, a lot of times it's like those echo chambers where there'll be the gamers that are online and they're like, nobody plays Call of Duty or nobody plays Fortnite. And it's like, well, everybody does. And then they're always their excuse to that is, well, those aren't real gamers. And it's like, but they are spending the most. <laughs> and then so that's where the money is going to head, um, like as far as like the focus of the industry. And so like there's always these, these ideas of like people can look at things and say what their idea of what the best thing is, but what people are consuming the most and enjoying the most will say otherwise. And I think that's, that's where a popularity contest does work because it kind of gives like a sign of like there's always these threads of like, last of us is crap or this game yeah. is crap. but if yeah. you look at like what games people are playing and enjoying it would say otherwise so. yeah i mean some some things are definitely straightforward like oh yeah that game is definitely going to beat this game however others you know you would think the numbers thing would play out for all of them but at the same token it goes back to the reality that the the greater gaming community doesn't go online and go on message boards to do things like this. So while Fortnite was up against Horizon, Horizon beat Fortnite. And I think Horizon went on to beat Borderlands 2. <laughs> and it, it might still be in it. And Call of Duty lost to Bloodborne, and Bloodborne is still in it, I believe, or it might have gotten just edged out by Resident Evil 2, which I would have never saw coming. But at the same token, I thought Call of Duty would have beaten Bloodborne. So there's that. Fire Emblem, I had no idea how popular it was. And it's still advancing. It ended up beating Bloodborne, I believe. So, you know, there's just a lot of educational things like this. There was Octopath Traveler against uh, Undertale. And Octopath beat that, even though Undertale is like the online darling of just internet gaming communities but octopath traveler nobody talks about it but they showed up and voted for it so you know learning experiences yeah and it's yeah as you said it's or as i was saying it's those echo chambers so it's like it's specifically that group of people felt that way yeah because <laughs> like you like i don't know if you were to go to like say like the websites like the ign's or whatever there'll be those dudes who will like you have to play undertale it's one of those experiences that you'll never be able to get from another game but my and like well, i remember one of those ones that so golf story is a game that i bought still haven't played it but it was on sale and for real thought you said goth story like you play a, like an open world game where you play as a goth kid trying to be the most goth and yeah. not get confused with being emo you gotta get all the makeup. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, you gotta own your own hot topic. Yeah, <laughs> wear some jinkos. <laughs> uh, wear the the respirator. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, uh, I remember Golf Story is one of those things where, like, I so I I was like, oh yeah, Golf Story, it's on sale. Okay, should I pick this up? And then I looked it up, and like, there are all these sites that are like. Uh, 
Golf, like games that like you might not have picked up that you really should own on the switch and golf story was like always like near the top of that list and then when i looked at the review score of golf story it was like a seven <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like wait all these things are saying that i have to get it and yet the game got a seven so it shows like technically it might not be like on the level of these other games but yet overall experience of the game says other says that it's a fun experience that a lot of people should go out and play so mm-hmm. it's like there's those things that people f- can choose to focus on and either decide that's going to be their reason for not playing something but if you were to look at something and say hey this speaks to me it it can tell you a whole different story absolutely yeah so, that's a good time i i enjoyed most of the games on this list however we all know that there are those people who don't like to enjoy things. Some people got things to say about stuff. So yeah, we'll just get right into it. It's a troll of the week. (laughs) (laughs) And they, the, the subject is most overrated games. So in this thread, somebody's asking, they're curious, what are your most overrated games? First response Second row. <laughs> Just like that. Next response, uh, this guy's got a list, so I want you guys to follow along with me. Uh, Witcher 3, The Last of Us, Mass Effect 2, Final Fantasy 7, Chrono Trigger, Resident Evil 4, Grand Theft Auto 5, Red Dead Redemption 1 and 2, and Rockstar as a development studio and a and record level. so amc what do you so far what do you think about the most overrated games according to the wonderful users what i always want to see with these people is when they put these It's more the idea that this one game is good and everything else is shit. Where it's when we like, as we were discussing earlier, and we look at all the games that we have currently purchased that we haven't played, and I don't look at well, I just played a great game, so that means all those other games are comparatively going to be worse and thus bad. <laughs> and I think a lot of people, when they look at certain things, they're like, "Well, I love this game, so all these other games that are more popular and sold better than this." I think it's bullshit and it's overrated or it's just media hype. <laughs> like they need that justification as to why their game either didn't score as high or didn't sell as well as all those other games. Yeah, why the games they don't like yeah. have no interest in are so successful. Because all those games that they listed are all games that I enjoyed playing. Yep. Like, like I would argue, like if you were to say, like, are these your favorite games of all time? I'd probably take a lot of those games off of, they wouldn't make my Mount Rushmore. But like to say that I didn't enjoy those games, that I didn't love them enough to continue playing through that franchise. I think all those games I've played multiple versions of those games or will end up playing a sequel of the games like when it comes to like The Last of Us. So um, to say that those games are overrated and overhyped and to the point of being shit, I, it's, it's very uh, close-minded. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. So moving along, next user says The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. Another user says Souls games. Not bad games, but the fan base is insane about them. <laughs> so the people that like it really like it, and that's why it's overrated. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting there. Let me see. Next guy says The Last of Us, Final Fantasy VII, Fortnite, the Call of Duty series, every one of them, and the Mario series, every one of them. Grand <laughs> Theft Auto Five. Yeah. <laughs> the entire thing. I mean, so much of gaming was built on Mario's back. And then so much of modern gaming was built on Call of Duty's back. So much of the progress with role-playing games was built on the back of Final Fantasy. The future of gaming is being built on the back of Fortnite. (laughs) An entire genre of games was built on the back of GTA, including GTA V. 
mm-hmm. and then just the whole push for cinematic gaming and the, the particularly high quality ways being done. I mean, wasn't that built on the back of like Call of Duty and Uncharted? So there's so much. It's amazing that the bottom level, the foundation, the very, the very ground upon which so many games everybody enjoys is being considered overrated. It just sounds like it's lacking an understanding of their impact and what they did first or best that made everything else around them better. Yeah, I mean, when I look at the way I consume games now, like I, I don't have the same amount of time that I used to when it comes to just logging game hours. And so because of that, I, it's all my experiences are very focused, very catered. I don't often buy games on a whim. It's usually something that is on my mind and it's on my mind for like a couple of days, if not months, and then I'll, I'll purchase it. And so because of that, every experience I have is absolutely mind blowing when it comes to like just games, like going from breath of the wild, like playing Octopath Traveler, um, playing doom, like all the, um, persona five, like every game I play just exceeds my expectations and in its own way. And so with that, like, I don't have those, I've, I don't ever have those let down experiences because by the time I've picked up something, I'm already, it's already spoken to me so much just at face value that by the time I sit down, it's given me everything I need and more. And it's kind of, it's like, if anything, you pity the people who are playing video games and not enjoying them because it's almost like, did you just fall into the wrong hobby? Maybe you just need a new hobby. I think that's what's going on. I am still of the mind that as the years have gone by and as the generations have passed, the game development in general has gotten better overall, not just a handful of developers that figured out how to make better games. It's like every developer, they're using better tools. The consoles provide more hardware, so they have to make less concessions and compromises. They can more appropriately materialize their dream they have better curriculums and game development like degrees and educational curriculums that's allowing people to come into the industry with more talent more experience more knowledge more to learn from more to build from so it's it's becoming very hard for me to find anything that i would say is bad or a disappointment or a letdown like the last time a game let me down was too human on xbox like two whole consoles ago <laughs> and like three, I, I, two presidents ago <laughs> an entire an entire like my entire adult life ago <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's and that's why i always find it weird when people are just so adamant about how bad a particular game or style of game is it's like yo everything has gotten better about everything (laughs) how could it be even worse than games that came before it like how are you more upset about where games are now than where they were yeah i mean it all reminds me of uh, i don't know if you remember but we were were just talking in the pre-show about dan soder his special on hbo Mm -hmm. and he was just talking about how this is like the customer satisfaction or yeah, customer satisfaction generation where people are like just looking to be upset with like whatever they purchase is like, I'm going to pay $10. And if this thing isn't perfect, <laughs> you're going to, you're going to feel my rage. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like that, that is like in, in, in any industry, it's not just gaming. I mean, it's like, uh, it just gaming is the one that we happen to be in, but it's in any industry, even down to like politics. It's like just the littlest things will set off anybody just depending on where you sit and where you stand. Uh, but yeah, like me, Marissa and I, we still play the shit out of Mario Kart tour. And I remember so many people just saying one, when that game came out, they're like, it's not Mario Kart, thus it's shit. 
and then like, we played it and we're like we're having a great time and we haven't spent a dime on it's a, the only free mario kart game i've ever played it's and, not mario kart so it's crap yeah and it, and it has microtransactions so it's just designed to push you into spending money yeah and we haven't spent we haven't spent a dime on it we're enjoying every aspect of it when we unlock something it's fun and even down to because she's uh she's actually in a mario kart tour facebook group and like she'll just read me like some of the comments <laughs> and every time there's a new event literally people will just start shitting on it like oh i hate the new courses uh i hate the new character like one person like there's a meme with somebody saying like stop trying to make baby rosalina a thing <laughs> So it's just like, whatever it is, there's always going to be somebody who's pissed off about it. <laughs> and they must be heard. Yeah, and it's the most pressing issue of their life. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, they don't want to spend money on games. And then when they get games for free, it's like, well, I already got it. So why are you even doing me this favor? <laughs> and when paying for anything is optional, oh, yeah. they just want me to spend money. Yeah, <laughs> they gave you they gave you a functioning game for free. Nobody ever talks about bugs or glitches whenever a game has microtransactions or loot boxes. What do you mean? It's just interesting that there's always something when you pay full price for a game and there's no monetization. Oh, it's buggy. It's glitchy. The frame rate isn't high enough. Oh, the textures are muddy. When you get a free game with microtransactions and it's always there's monetization it's like okay but you can play the game without it yeah but it's there so it's bad it's like oh so you don't even care about the technical build or the performance of it or how much fun you can have with it you just completely stuck on those little price tags that you don't even have to pay it's just something to harp on I mean, a game that we've discussed in the past, um, just, or I should say a franchise, but a game in particular, like when I think of Dead Space 3, I know very little about that game, but when people say they hate it, they immediately just go into like, oh, you could, you could, you could have pre-ordered or per, you could purchase the weapons. And it's like, when you, and then when I hear from you, it's like, well, no, you can actually just play the game and get it. And it's, yeah. uh, <laughs> and it's, it's perfectly fine. Yeah, it doesn't ruin the experience. It's just that it's there. And people will, look to that as to it's now a bad game. <laughs> oh, people, people take two approaches to the Dead Space thing, and none of them deal with how good or bad the game is. The first one is, of course, the, the online store and the microtransactions, which, as you pointed out, you don't have to use. I built an incredibly powerful pistol in the game, firing electric rivets that just shredded everything. And I still had, like... I think I had a medium weapon frame and a large weapon frame that I could have built another couple of weapons on top of and probably gotten even more power and performance from. But they talk about the store and they also say, well, it's more of an action game than survival horror. And it's like, well, no, it's, it's not because you're not forced to kill the enemies if you want to just run and survive you can do that and at the same token just because a dude can dodge roll doesn't make it any less tense or frightening or it doesn't change the theme of the game which is horror it's super horror it's great so it's just funny just any way to discount it probably haven't played it themselves and if they have they just decided that this is the thing that makes it worthless. Yeah. And then you just also, if you stamp EA on the box, that's already it. People pissed off anyways. <laughs> Which is why I'm really happy for Jedi Fallen Order because yeah. it's still selling in spite of that. So that's good. And it already far exceeded its sales expectations, which is another plus. Looking forward to the sequel for that. Yeah. I mean, I think if uh, that comes out, does well, like there's, a, a certain bit of cachet that's like slowly building for things that EA as a company is doing right between that and Apex and whatever Respawn ends up like working on. Um, there are things that are going right for them. They, despite the hatred of the community, there are certain things that they're doing, or at least that they're attached to that are undeniable. And what's good is that no matter how much people will hate and say that they'll never support a certain thing, there are plenty of people who aren't in the weeds and making purchases based on something that they read and thus now placing a value judgment on that. And so uh, 
no matter what, certain things will rise above the shit as opposed to just getting buried by the haters. Every time. Yeah. <laughs> so let me see. Let me let me get you one more troll. Somebody said Tetris. <laughs> A Tetris? <laughs> the thing that you literally have nothing to hate on. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Perfect performance. Yeah. Perfect visuals. <laughs> Perfect game in every way. Yeah. Uh, the guy says most AAA games because, you know, there's always that guy. But somebody really gets to the heart of the issue. He says, games I hate are overrated. Games I love are underrated. Games and that's I what hate we are overrated. Games I love are underrated. Yeah, that's pretty much everything for all those people. <laughs> yep. And that's where we leave you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what it is? It's like a part of it too is that uh I don't know, like in in like the old hip hop days, like when we were like like knee deep in that shit. Yeah. And there and there are those people who like somebody while they were underground. And then the moment that they made money, they're like, Oh, they sold out. <laughs> uh, he went pop. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, because other people like started listening to them and nah, he sold out. But he's just he's just a part of the machine now. <laughs> and then it, even adding insult to injury on that, they're the main people back in the underground phase. I just wish more people appreciated him <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> then it happens everybody starts having a good time yeah <laughs> suddenly oh it's not the same uh, the, the machine got him like paid. what did you think was gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> would you go from doing like underground local shows to doing sold out amphitheaters in Paris. Yeah. That's that's not the same dude. <laughs> Those are two different dudes. <laughs> oh. Oh mercy. Like if we did this podcast yeah. in, in a sold out crowd of tens of thousands in Paris. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna be different dudes. <laughs> you don't know me anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know me anymore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I'm going to figure it out on a bed of money. Yeah. <laughs> Bury me with my money. Yes. Um, uh, A-Dub, you got anything else before we get out of here? I'm all out of everything. All right, man. No, I man. no longer have the will or the gall. <laughs> well, let's get out of here. Everybody, um, I'm sure there are people who can't wait to get out. Just make sure to Try to, even if you're out in public, try to maintain some distance if you can. Don't believe the hype. <laughs> Stay safe. And yeah, Matt, it's, it's not worth endangering your life or other people's lives just to get back outside as soon as possible. Just take your time. Watch everything pan out. Save yourself. Wash your ass. Wash your ass. You know, wash behind your ears. <laughs> Damn. Got to bring the health inspector back. Oh, man. That would be great. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is A-Dub. We are Control Issues. Thanks for playing. Sucker. Sucker.